back to another episode of American Football the British Way. I'm your host, British, like the people. If you're just tuning in and joining us because you are a self-proclaimed Swifty and it's your time to understand this game that her potential new man, Travis Kelsey, is a big player in, well, I know all too well that you want to become an expert. And the only way to do that is to understand the basics. So look, what you made me do is have this podcast to teach you about football, and I'm here and happy to do it. Welcome. Come on down. Let's talk football. Make sure you go back to episodes one through three so you can get even more basics, but I am happy to have you. First things first, we're going to talk week three. We're already through three weeks. Does it feel like we've been through three weeks yet? Oh, I'm excited. First game we had was on that Thursday night. You had the 49ers versus the Giants. If you want to call this a game, the 49ers rolled the Giants. Uh, They won 30-12. to They are one of only three undefeated teams left in the NFL. That's right. We've only been through three weeks and only three teams have gone three and... Oh, three and zero. Those other two teams are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Then comes Sunday. Scaries, have you? (laughs) We definitely had the Sunday scaries. We had some serious upsets. Uh, The first upset is the Indianapolis Colts beating the Baltimore Ravens 22 to 19. Nobody saw that coming. There was a couple penalty calls that were missed potentially. Lots of controversy there. Either way, Colts win over the Ravens, and they do it without their starting quarterback. They had to pull in their second-string quarterback to win this game, so very nice there. Another upset you'd see is the Houston Texans. This was their rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud's first NFL win. In the regular season, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-17. to What happened to the Jaguars this week? Um, really interesting there because there was a lot of talk about them preseason coming back with a vengeance. They've got one wide receiver who wasn't able to play last season and is playing again this season. And that was just part of what was supposed to be electric in the offense. But man... They just couldn't get it going. Uh, Probably one of the biggest upsets that we could talk about is the Arizona Cardinals over the Dallas Cowboys, 28-16. Cowboys came into this week looking like a Super Bowl contender. And just because they lost this game doesn't mean that that can't still be the case. One thing if you're really new to watching the NFL Watching football in general that you'll see is that it only takes any given day, any given Sunday potentially, which is a movie reference, but really any given day, any team can potentially beat any other team. These are professionals that we're talking about here. They are all getting paid to play, but yeah, it, it was definitely a shocker, uh, so much so that The national coverage switched from the game that I was watching, which was the Kansas City Chiefs pummeling my near and dear Chicago Bears. They switched the coverage. 
they decided that that Bears Chiefs game wasn't worth watching enough, uh, and they and they moved over to the Cardinals Cowboys game, and with due reason, because wow, what a beautiful performance! Uh, the Cardinals aren't even playing their standard starting quarterback because he's still recovering from injury. So the fact that they were able to really just run through the Cowboys, which the Cowboys have arguably been looking like they had the best defense in the league. So the fact that they were just able to be taken over was truly a feat. And then here's one that you are absolutely hearing about. This isn't an upset. This is just an old-fashioned smackdown. This was just... (laughs) Here's something we don't have in the NFL, uh, and that's a mercy rule. And the Dolphins-Broncos game will let you know that there is absolutely no mercy rule in the NFL. They beat them 70, that is 7-0 to 20. Just absolutely demolished, (laughs) destroyed. Uh, Really makes you feel like Those are the kind of games you're watching and going, are they all professionals truly? I know British just said that these are all people getting paid to play, but when you see points like that put up in a game, it's honestly something that you don't expect out of the NFL. It's something you expect to see more in college because in college, teams just tend to not have as great of defensive abilities. You normally just watch points go on the board, so... See that happen in an NFL game is pretty crazy. Then on Monday night, you had another double header. You had the Eagles beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 25 to 11. And then the game that I paid the most attention to was the Cincinnati Bengals. They finally got their first win of the season over the Los Angeles Rams. It was a tight game, 19 to 16 win. I do follow them because I live in the Cincinnati area, so they are my secondary team, and it was definitely time for them to get a win. This week, let's talk about a term that, interestingly enough, isn't an actual NFL rule, but it is a term that you hear all the time, and that's a football move. What is a football move? So, A football move is an action that a player would make after securing the ball on a catch, okay? This is a way to show proof that the player actually caught the ball and can now run with the ball. It's basically how the spectators and the referees, the line judges, determine if a pass was actually completed or not. So how do they determine this? Basically, it's any move that the receiver who caught that ball, okay, shows that they maintained control of the ball long enough to consider it a completed catch. That still sounds confusing, right? Basically, the quarterback throws the ball, and then the person who's catching it, in this instance, we're calling them a receiver because they're receiving the catch, okay? But this could still be a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end that's catching the ball. So don't get twisted there. But this person has to make what the term is called a football move or show that they are doing the proper steps that consider them having secured the ball. So what are some of those steps? One could be just 
tucking the ball away into their arms, right? Tucking it in between that elbow and the bicep to show that they have firm hold on the ball. Another way they can do this is they can hold that ball in their hands and reach it out across, let's say, the end zone to try to show that they're scoring a touchdown. But by doing that, they're showing that they have hold of the ball and they're willing to reach it out to try to get those extra yards needed. It's basically anything that you can do to show that you completely caught the ball. Like, when is this something that would come up? Basically, if they're, and by they, I mean like the officials are trying to determine if a ball was a complete pass or an incomplete pass, they're going to say, hey, we need to see if they have completed a football move here. Like, did they show that they accurately caught the ball? Another reason would be if it was determining if a pass was complete incomplete or fumble okay here's where it gets a little bit murky you can catch the ball and the ball can have some movement in your hands meaning it can slightly look like you've bobbled the ball a little bit as long as after you've bobbled it you have a firm grasp on the ball that's still a completed catch then if you show firm grasp and then the ball is knocked out of your hands, that's a fumble. But if you are in the process of catching the ball and it's being bumbled around in your hands and it never looks like you firmly had a grasp on the ball and it gets knocked out of your hands, that's just an incomplete pass. Does this sound confusing? I think it does because ultimately it lends itself to being another one of those things when we're watching football that becomes subjective to the official that's looking at the catch. Again, we have the benefit nowadays of being able to review plays and go back and and look at them at multiple different angles. And this is something that the official, that head referee, the one wearing the white cap, can do on the field. But also when you're watching at home, you're going to see replays in a couple different angles and areas and you can kind of come up with that on your own like do you think they made a football move did they hold the ball and then move their body side to side in a way that we would call you know trying to juke another player but with a firm grasp on the ball did they reach out to extend the ball to try to get a you know first down did they reach out to extend the ball to cross that that plane into the end zone. That's a big time, a big time decision that has to be called, but there isn't anything in the official rules that say you may bobble the ball in your hands two times, but not three times, or you may hold the ball securely in both hands or one hand, but It can look like it's falling through your hands, but maybe you have it grasped. It it sounds ridiculous, but that's because it's so subjective. It's It's really interesting. So to recap, you are showing a football move to determine if a pass was complete or incomplete, 
or if a pass was incomplete or potentially fumbled. And and fumbles, we talked about that a little bit last week, but you know, that comes into play when you're determining if a player was was down with the ball also. So not only are we talking about oh, if the player had been downed by being like tackled or if they'd had, you know, their full body on the ground and then touched. You're also talking about if they had a firm catch on the ball and then had it knocked out of their hands. And that's absolutely something that defenders are taught to do, are trying to do. They want you to have secured that catch and then they punch the ball out. Because if they punch the ball out of your hands after it is a clear determination that you had secured the ball, that's a fumble. And they can recover the ball and take over at that exact spot, which we already know can prove to be huge for the other team and hopefully lend itself to them scoring some points. Let me know what you think about that because truly... I think the biggest issue that I have when I talk about something like a football move is the main reason that I started this podcast to begin with. If you, the unsuspecting, new-to-watching football spectator, are just trying to enjoy a casual game and you hear that kind of term, you can't go to NFL.com and pull up the rule book and search football moves and get an exact determination because, yes, they talk about what a completed pass is. They talk about what an incomplete pass is. They talk about a fumble. But that actual term doesn't just pop up for you in a clear and succinct manner. And also, when they're trying to make that determination, it's not black or white. It's it's up for debate. And maybe that's part of what makes football fun is watching the game and debating with the people that you're watching if you think, oh no, that absolutely was a catch. Or, oh man, you know that wasn't a catch. Are you crazy? Like that, Maybe that is part of the game and that is fun, but it makes it more difficult for a casual watcher to pick up the game because nobody is teaching you that part. You're just supposed to kind of figure it out as you go along. And while that's often how we are stumbling through life, figuring it out as we go along, it shouldn't be the case in a game that has a rule book that is, you know, a a dictionary or an encyclopedia's length long, especially a rule book that they are constantly reviewing and updating and changing, hopefully for the better. That's the main terms that I'm going to talk about this week. Let's talk about the preview for week four. So first things first, week four is your last week before all the teams start their buys. What does that mean? Again, we talked about buy weeks in a previous episode, but week four is the last week that every single team will play. Now, every team doesn't play on Sunday as you do have a Thursday game and you have a Monday game, but every team will play in week four. When you start week five, a couple teams will have their bye week, meaning they have that week off and they don't have to play anybody. 
So the first game we have this week coming up for week four is your Thursday night game. This is a game that I am definitely invested in. It's my specific division, the NFC North, and it's your Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. So this is divisional play, which is huge because you're going to play your division more than once. And also this is going to help determine the order that you potentially make it in if you are a division leader, if we if you're going to make it to the playoffs, if you have to try to clinch a wild card spot. I know I'm talking about things way ahead of schedule, but I will explain the playoffs and wild card and winning your division and everything when we get a, like farther down the road. I'm sorry, further down the road in to the weeks closer to the playoffs. Um, both teams are two and one, so it should hopefully make for a good game. Uh, there's been, as with most teams, some injuries that are plaguing both teams that hopefully will have been resolved come Thursday, uh, and we should have a good game. Playing in Lambeau, that's where the Green Bay Packers play, is often difficult for opposing teams it's just an institution and I can say that as a Green Bay hater born and bred that playing in Lambeau is difficult for teams uh, because Packers fans are loud and uh, they're really there cheering on their team they're wearing cheese heads look up some pictures of that if you're unsure what I mean but I literally mean they're wearing blocks of fake cheese on their head because um, they're the Packers and yeah I, I'm if it were up to me both teams would lose and luckily there could be a draw where neither team wins so that's what I'm rooting for as a Bears fan I I need both teams to just in a way lose so draw <laughs> the biggest news especially for the American football, the British Way podcast, is that week four starts our international play. Woo! What does that mean? Well, we have two teams that are playing overseas. They are playing at Wembley Stadium. That is in London. So they're they're playing for my namesake. They're playing in Great Britain. That's the Atlanta Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, as I mentioned, the Jaguars had a bad beat last week, so it will be nice to see if they can bounce back against the Falcons. The Falcons have been doing fairly well. Um, they have a superstar rookie running back in Bijan Robinson, who is just tearing up the field as expected. And, and yeah, it's exciting because that game is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern for us over here in the States. That means I get to wake up. Well, I'm sure I'll be woken up at least three hours prior to that because I have a toddler. But I get to wake up in the morning and watch football pretty much the entire day. There's very few things in life that I would watch from wake up to going to sleep and football is absolutely one of them. This is not the only international game that's going to be played this season and the NFL has been really 
diving deeper into playing internationally. There's been rumors of, you know, some teams becoming international teams or adding an international team. And I love it. I mean, it is American football. And and we all know that international football is actually soccer. (laughs) And that is the most popular sport around the world. But American football has really picked up steam over the last few years. And it's exciting to see it being spread out. Sometimes there is controversy with soccer fans who talk about how, how can the NFL champion, the Super Bowl champion, call themselves a world champion when they only play against other United States teams. So what if the teams weren't all from the United States? If you are from another country or living abroad, would you be interested in the place that you live having an NFL team? Let me know in the comments. I'm very curious because I think it's fantastic. The only thing that it makes it difficult is teams having to travel. Teams end up on short weeks and then having to travel to play in completely different time zones. It it can become difficult, but I think where there's a will, there's a way. And I think the NFL feels that where there is interest, there is a way. And these games, I mean, the stands are full. It's actually pretty cool to see the stands full of people wearing all different types of jerseys, jerseys that don't match the teams that are playing at all, but they're just there to support the game of American football. So that's pretty cool. We have a couple big games in the one o'clock slots. The ones that I'm looking to the most would be the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. This is a huge game. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, Miami is one of those three teams that's still undefeated. They have an electric offense. Uh, They have superstars in multiple arenas. They really had a a great start to their season last season, but their quarterback suffered several concussions that kind of set them back. And then the Buffalo Bills are also another very strong team. They have one loss so far, an unexpected loss in week one, uh, but they are trying to prove that they are the Bills that we expected them to be coming into this season, which is a large powerhouse team in the AFC. So that's going to make for a good game. If, if you're looking for a one o'clock game to watch, that's definitely one I would put on your radar. The other one would be the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens are suffering through a lot of injuries right now, but, and they had a surprising, like I said, a surprising upset loss last week. However, they are looking to bounce back and the Browns are also having a better time getting their offense together. You know, they have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson who uh, sat out for a whole season and then was suspended the majority of last season. So really just wasn't playing to the ability that we assumed that he had when he played on his original team. He came to the Browns and got a fire payday. Okay, like a crazy deal that people thought was unprecedented and and unnecessary and he hasn't exactly been living up to that potential so it will be interesting to see he had a much better game last week uh, although everybody would point out that he did 
pass the ball backwards at one point, which is something that you should go look up and, and, and take a look at that visually because I can't even explain it to you in a way that's going to make sense. <laughs> but um, he overall did have a better showing. So it should be, it should make for a great game. I have to mention because again, I am a Bears fan and uh, loyalty is something that I eat and breathe despite the fact that it is very difficult as a Bears fan. The remaining undefeated teams are all playing against each other <laughs> this week. So the Denver Broncos are playing at the Chicago Bears. They're both 0-3. The Minnesota Vikings are playing at the Carolina Panthers, and they have not won any games yet either. So at least we know, unless there is a tie, okay, and I guess that is possible, uh, at least two of these teams will come out no longer being losers entirely. And, and, Hopefully it's my bears. I can't guarantee it. I'm going to be honest and say that I didn't expect them to be showing this poorly three weeks into the season. And I've entered into a strange feeling of either they win this game and decide that they're going to turn the season around and try to put up several more wins this year, or I'm, I'm in full tanking mode. And what do I mean by that? So when a team is considered tanking, and this is unofficial, okay? So as a consumer of NFL football, know that zero team is going to publicly proclaim that they are actively trying to lose, okay? That would be completely unprofessional. Uh, But at the end of the year, end of the season, it's determined the order of the draft, and and we'll definitely have some draft content on this podcast for sure, especially if the bear season continues (laughs) along the way that it is. But the draft is the time of year when the best players in college can put themselves up to be chosen for an NFL team. The NFL teams have a specific order that they are allowed to draft in. Now they can trade these draft picks, they can, you know, make deals with other teams over their draft picks, but ultimately the worse the team is and played through the season, the higher their draft capital becomes. So if the Bears lose every single game, they go 0-17, they could potentially have the first round pick of the draft, meaning they could choose who they determine to be the best player in the draft to come and play for their team. And this is something that teams look at when they when they call themselves to be in like building years, meaning they're rebuilding certain aspects of their game, whether that's the offense or the defense. In this instance, the public, the NFL analysts, everybody would think that they would most likely be going for a new quarterback. I have not fully decided that I am out on our current quarterback. However, I understand that a lot of changes need to be made in order to make this a winning franchise. And it's been a while since we've been in that position and it would be nice to get back there. 
That's the last thing I'll say about the Bears today, I promise. Um, Your Sunday night game, you have the Kansas City Chiefs at the New York Jets. One other thing to mention about the schedule for the NFL is when the NFL has their schedule put together for the coming season, a lot of those games are chosen with purpose. So when we're choosing primetime games, so those games that are standalone games or only double headers, it's because the NFL has decided that these teams are the teams that the majority want to watch or that we would have a vested interest in paying attention to because potentially they're teams that could be going you know, to the playoffs or they think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. When you look at this Chiefs-Jets game, it was obviously chosen because the Jets had a new quarterback in the MVP Aaron Rodgers. But since we all know that Aaron Rodgers is out for the entire season, uh, the play of game has really changed for for this. Like, it is unlikely that the Jets will be able to put up enough points against the Chiefs to really make it a strong game. But crazier things have happened. Just go back a few minutes and listen to that upset part of this episode. Um, Anything can happen on any given Sunday, right? Then finally, your Monday game is back to normal. It is not a doubleheader. You have your Seattle Seahawks at the New York Giants, which could make for an interesting game as well. The Seahawks Uh, have put themselves in decent position. The Giants should hopefully be getting back their star running back in Saquon Barkley, who was out on injury to his ankle, but not a permanent injury. So hopefully it makes for a good game. And that's all I have for you this week on American Football the British Way. Uh, Make sure you follow us on TikTok, follow us on Instagram, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you want to hear. Talk to me about if there was anything confusing. Did you have a favorite play that you saw happen this week? Let me know about it. Have a good one. Bye.